welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. You know what our favorite thing to do is? Uh, Drink beer. And when you're drinking beer, what's the next favorite thing? Community. Community. So thank you to Sheldon. Thank you to Mobile Tech Expo. We're doing a community event there at Mobile Tech Orlando, Friday, 5 o'clock, straight out of the event. Sheldon, where are they walking out to? They're going to rock right out. They're going to walk right out of the show floor, right into the pool area. We're going to have a whole setup. You'll see some step and repeats. You'll take some pictures. You'll see some bars. Most likely, you're going to see the free beer, so you can't miss it. Can't miss free beer. (laughs) Come out for fun. Come out for everything, but mostly for community. Community. (laughs) Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. We are live again, Mr. Patterson. We're always live because we're alive. Oh, we are? Yeah, we're always live because we're alive. Oh, but that doesn't mean we're live. Yes, because right now we're alive. It means we're alive. Right. When they're listening well, to we're this, live. we're not live when they're oh, listening to this. Correct. Oh. So get your shit straight and then. We're, we're we live with some other people, though. There you go. All right. Does I'll that let, count? I'll let you off. We're, we're live on location? There you, I, there you go. Is maybe that, I is cut that you good? off and you had something more to say and you just. Maybe. Maybe I was being rude. Maybe not. Probably not. Yeah. No, no. Probably not. Probably not. But we're here at Savastano's Pizzeria, which holds a special place to your heart. Whose heart? My heart? Uh huh. Or the person to your right's heart? No, no, your heart. My heart? Uh-huh. Yeah? Oh, I see why. Why? Uh, across the street, the venue, we used to own a valet company together. Oh, and we had a oh, Savastano's yeah. Pizza every weekend. I forgot about that. Get your cheap ass traded out. <laughs> we had to wash the cars. For, so technically, we worked for the pizza, but it was free, quote unquote. It was awesome. We would trade out uh, to get uh, pizza, but it wasn't just for that. At uh, Zuds, we would trade out pizza to wash Frank's car. And he could get a lot of barter. He could walk, go through the car wash anytime he wanted uh, in exchange for pizza. It was a great deal. And Frank drove this old, old. Uh, what if you think of like a Chicago style old gangster boat in a sense? Not old gangster, but like, like a Cadillac. I was gonna say it's gotta be a Cadillac. Yeah, I yeah. Think it was a long or Lincoln. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it was a long Lincoln. No, it was a Lincoln Continental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what go. it was. Silver. That is a that's definitely a car. yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> Suicide doors. Uh, and uh, Frank was awesome. So we met a certain lady at uh, Mobile Tech Vegas sitting next to me and uh, got to meet you with uh, Rennie Doyle Mm -hmm. and uh, I think the whole concept of so first of all thank you so much for coming out here Um, we wanted to really you talk to us pretty in depth about your process and what your company is for doing paint restoration well we we wouldn't call it restoration Um, more like paint touch-up okay Paint touch up, but your your process is different, and we were gonna try and see if if we could blend it into the detail world. Correct. Correct. So when when we were when when you found out where we were and you were like, I'm getting pizza. What was it about Savastano's that made you go, I gotta get Savastano's pizza? Okay, so I actually am a little bit of a travel junkie and a foodie. Foodie. 
Yeah, total foodie. So, like, I do work out, but I work out so I can eat. I work out. So, you don't know that I work out because I can eat. But anyway, point being, um, I love Chicago-style pizza, and it's very hard to find outside Chicago that's really good. So, of course, my best friend grows, um, lived over here. And so she's like, hey, well, you got to go to this pizza joint. And I have been in love with this place ever since. So, so what you've gone to Chicago, and so you Savastano's yes. Pizza is as close as you found? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Frank, I, nicely done. Great deep dish. What's your favorite pizza? The Hancock Building. Because it is as original Chicago style Giordano's Uno's as you can get. Mm. Yep. That's Absolutely. Cool. So and that is just sausage, cheese, and tomato sauce. That's it? And it's like inverted. So instead of the tomato sauce on the bottom, it should be the sausage, and then the cheese, and then the tomato sauce. Wow. There's yeah. like 1,100 like calories right in a slice. <laughs> no, probably yeah. slice. You were saying you didn't First slice. And so you can't pick off the sausage so if yes. it's underneath the... And my beer. I got a fork. Okay. Like heaven. Yeah. What okay. more can you right. ask for? All right, so let's talk beers. I am super, super, super... Super. Super. One more super, please. Super. Thank you. Proud of Mr. Patterson. Wow. Why are we proud of Mr. Why Patterson? We, yeah, why are we proud of me? Because he went along with us drinking Kona Longboard, and he could have gotten Coors Light. Do you on know tap. how close I was? To I know, it. right? I'm so super <laughs> impressed. It was on so the tip of my tongue, and I was like, I should probably do that. Yeah. Wait a second. Does Coors Light really make you a it has beer a special aficionado? Place. It, it has a special absolutely place does in my not. heart. I didn't think so. Why is, why is there a special place in your heart for? Why not? That's the first beer I ever drank. I was yeah. gonna say Probably because why. it's yeah. the first one you drank in seventh grade. I just it's tap the rocks. It's some, I don't know the, the can. Have you ever seen the can? It's <laughs> yeah, I have. Okay, the, it's I mean, way cooler now than it was when we were in high yeah, school. Well, the mountains. I mean, you just know when it's cold. And it's always cold. <laughs> that's that's like always his reason why time. he likes Coors Light. Like I want to open the, the can and see out. ice chips on the inside. There's more to it. I don't want to bore anyone today about that. Maybe another time. Fair enough. Right? He dodged himself right out of that one. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Moving on. So we're drinking Kona Longboard, mm -hmm. which we've had before. Yeah. And uh, you like, what do you think? I think it tastes like a lager. Like a lager? Mm-hmm. Why do you like it? Um, I like it because it's not crazy bitter. So I do not like the hoppy beers so much. I actually prefer a sour, but they don't have any sour beers here, so... All right, so what is it about you don't, so no IPAs, no anything mm. with any kind of that? Uh, not really. If it's got that real strong, bitter bite on the backside. Okay, so you can drink the just soft, anything mm -hmm. regular. Okay. Yep. Cool. All right, Charles, tell us who, a little bit of who you are. Okay. Um, give us some background story. Uh, we've also got Mr. Cass sitting next to Mr. Patterson. Hello. <laughs> Cass has been on the podcast before talking about dealership detailing, yep. and uh, he's come to interject. We're going to discuss how dealerships do recon, all right? So, DJ, do you know what recon is when it comes to a dealership world? From the podcast, talking to people like Cass and Vu, like, yeah, I, I understand. So when a, a dealership buys a vehicle from someone, it goes through a whole process of reconditioning, yeah. right? 
Cass can talk about what they do, uh, you know, as far as maintenance on the vehicle and all that stuff. And then there's a whole exterior or detail. It should normally, a recon department should include detail. Normally, our sales manager comes up with what they call a make ready. So the make ready basically has everything that needs to be done for that vehicle. Okay. So what would that list include? It could be uh, PDR, paintless dent repair, uh, your touch-up paint, wheel repair. Um, could be buffing. Could be just overall. Almost always change the oil, right? I mean, yeah, service we normally side. go through. We do a, a massive inspection, normally an hour and a half to two-hour-long inspection of, of a vehicle. So we do oil changes, check tire tread depth, brakes, overall driving performance, uh, highway around town, and just kind of gather a list. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so then your business is a part of that for dealerships, right? That's correct. All right, so tell us who you are. Give us a little background. Where'd you come from as far as growing up, all that stuff? Well, I actually grew up right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Woo! My name is Charlotte White. I work for a company called Sprayless Scratch Repair based out of Dallas, Texas. So I grew up here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, graduated from Bishop Kelly. And I'm one of the ones who bailed shortly after and moved south of the border. So um, Probably made a good decision. <laughs> hey, now. Oklahoma's a great place to be from. I'm just going to say. Wow, <laughs> to be from. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah, nicely done. Thank you. Thank you very much. So um, I actually went to Broken Arrow Beauty College here after high school and then moved to Texas and started in a hair salon. My That's a huge change. Huge change. My father actually had been in the car business my whole life. So he worked over in Toyota, Tulsa, and then ended up at a dealership out in Philly and then moved back to Dallas. In which case he decided he no longer wanted to be in the front side of the car business. He'd been a general manager, service manager, sales, finance, and so forth, and he got sick and tired of the hours. So we went into the backside of the automotive industry, which is where what we call lot rats exist. Lot lizards. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's the guy who comes in, does the touch-up work, or the detail work, or the bumper repair, and so. Once we get paid. So if DJ paid. was going to be involved at a dealership, you're saying that he would like to be on the backside. I knew you wouldn't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were not going to let it go. I was like, is he really going to pass that joke up? I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up. I was giving it off to you, and you, you uh, denied uh, it. I definitely shook my head no. I'm not That's all you. Hey, from the back, it's fine. Deceitful. Too funny. Well, um, being a single mom in the hair industry didn't really pay all the bills. So two days a week, I went to work for my dad, and he started doing touch-up work for dealerships. And there used to be this product, and some of you who are older may remember it, called Mirror Glaze or Black Ebony. Um, and he used to hand me a rag and that stuff and tell me, see that scratch? Make that disappear. And I couldn't lift my arms up past my waist when I got home in the evenings. It was awful. But eventually I decided I like the aesthetics of cars better than I like the aesthetics of people. Cars don't talk back though. Bingo. That is exactly right. <laughs> yes. I got it. That was it. And so I quit the hair business and uh, went to work full time so on a car like lot. The whole, like people telling you a sob story of their life. And no. You all the, you like all the drama they have bad attitudes. Some like of them even that? smell bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Some of the cars smell bad, but at least, you know, it's not personal. So, yeah. Um, so I went into the touch-up business. And what I found 
between compounds. And some of you may also remember this, the colored turtle wax. They had like seven or eight different colors and you rub the turtle wax in. Yeah, exactly. And then the pressure washer comes through and blows out all the work you did. Probably shouldn't sat on that pizza, huh? Well, we, already did. we did. We're good. Oh. I already took care Thank of it. You. Oh. Yeah. So, um, she said the same got the. Oh, that's what she ordered. Sausage. Got it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I took, I took charge. Sorry. That's good. <laughs> Cheers. Um, so what I learned real quick in the automotive industry is I hate doing redos which means I had to do the car when it showed up on the lot, and then I had to redo the car at time of sale, and I had to do it really fast while the guy was sitting in the F&I box (laughs) trying to finance his car. And then, of course, what I did fix, they picked apart. So then I had to try and make it look better. So um, I hated it. And having been in the hair industry, I'm like, there's got to be ways to make these chips and scratches disappear, like, permanently. So I started experimenting with nail products, like... Acrylics and sure, gels scratches off cars. to fill them up. Absolutely. I would put the paint in the bottom and then the nail product on top. It didn't work, but <laughs> it did start a desire between myself, my father, and my brother, because we all work together, to try and improve it and do something different. We wanted so to. So, what were you using before? Just touch up. We had. Um, Remember the, touch the, up pins. the microfish and the airbrush, yep. and you used to end up with the halos on the car where you yep. touched it up. So my we call dad. Those cat's asses. Do what? We call those a cat's ass. Right. Yes. The, yes. It's just it looked like a cat's ass. Yes. Yeah. I don't see a lot of cat ass. So. No. <laughs> Thanks for the clarity there. Absolutely. Yeah. Do what I can. Maybe we'll buy you a cat for Christmas so you stare at it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just go get one and show them. <laughs> right. Here you go. Just pick like. up the field trip yeah. animal shelter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I get it. So we actually cheated. Everyone thought that was so industry cutting, and we thought it looked like garbage. So my dad would have the paint and a paintbrush, a little brush, and he would tap it in so much smaller than the airbrush would do. But I would run behind him with the airbrush to look like we were airbrushing because otherwise they didn't want to pay us for what we did, but we had a better end result. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Sense, though, yeah. But this was all, you know, mid-90s. So the industry has changed a whole lot. Okay, so when you're talking about airbrushing and scratches and all that, talk to detailer terms because when we think of a scratch, you know, what we're taught is if there's a scratch and you can feel it with your fingernail, body shop, can't get it up. you got to think it's a body shop. Right, so that's my niche. I come in where detail can't do the repair, but you don't want to pay the body shop to do the repair. So if the scratches or chips go down to primer or metal, I cannot make them disappear 100%. But I can make them look really good and take it from have to go to the body shop to at least showable and sellable. Scratches that go through the clear coat that catch your nail, go click, click, click. I can virtually make those disappear. Um, Especially if you stand back a foot and a half, you'll never see it. But if you get right up on it, if you know where it was, you can find sort of a ghost line. But otherwise, they are cosmetically camouflaged, and you'll never know they're there. Hmm. So that's what my product does. It's called Sprayless Scratch Repair. It is a paint and polishing system that makes scratches and chips virtually disappear. So our business is based out of Dallas, Texas, and so for 
20 some odd years we've been doing touch-up work for automobile dealerships and we service about 20 dealerships in the Dallas Metroplex area. I now have not just me, I'm no longer a lot lizard. Um, Congratulations. Thank you, I graduated. Congratulations. Yep. I have she 11 technicians under she me. Know. <laughs> Community! <laughs> Woo I have 11 technicians under me that take care of all of our dealership lots now. Nice. So. Wow. Our product. It's a little different than everybody else. Yeah, we saw it earlier. You came by the shop. It was, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so Very interesting process. I want to pass this to Cass. Um, Cass, reintroduce yourself as far as who you are. Um, give us your background story, you know, elevator pitch. And you've moved positions since we last talked to you, so tell us about your new role. It's the same positions always. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't like the same position. Yeah. No missionary. No one likes it. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, Basically, I've got 17 years in the automotive business, started out in parts, body shops, and now I am running the service department at Jackie Cooper Nissan. So, um, love detail, uh, just kind of keep stair-stepping. Been with Jackie Cooper uh, for almost five and a half years now, and been in five different positions, so really cool. Only five? Only five. <laughs> Only five. That's why everyone got quiet. Yep. Thank you. Ooh, so you're right. We got sauce all over the place, cheese and sausage. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you. All right. So, what are your normal roles as a service manager? Um, head firefighter in chief. Um, I mean, basically, you're facilitating the flow of cars, making sure they go through the shop properly, making sure parts are ordered on time, they're put on customers' cars, quality control, and then, of course, hiring, training, and retaining. That's the name of the game. So, what do you typically, and you know, we'll eat while we talk, so we apologize for anybody if we're smacking. But, that'd uh, be you, Marshall. I have not put anything, any food no, no, in on. my mouth. Yeah, keep, keep, yeah. come on, man. Wait, wait. Ooh, I had to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you almost had a moment. Uh, you almost, almost had, had one. Uh, what What it's normally is your process now, Cass? Process exactly for what? Um, putting stuff in your mouth. Um, back to you, Marty. <laughs> um, for doing doing scratch repair, like what what is normally what do you guys do now like as far as as a dealership? From the kit that we have up at work, um, it looks like basically what we do is we use a urethane paint and we reduce it down and basically smear it on with the squeegee, and then use a reducer to remove the excess paint. It's pretty rudimentary um, it takes a while and then again you're putting a lot of elbow grease into it if not we're also using a, a touch-up pin so we get a lot of different cars um, I think Brian and his team go through well over a thousand cars a month back there in the touch-up and whenever they do that there's so many different colors out there it's kind of hard to come up with all the different tints and hues and 
uh, different metallic flakes. I mean, one silver can definitely be so many different colors just by metallic. So again, it's just kind of touch and go, and you just kind of do the best you can or kind of cocktail the paint. But again, it all takes time. And in the automotive industry, and especially dealership life, time is money. So whatever we can do to speed it up and make it happen, that's what we do. So DJ, have you ever done touch-up? No, I'm not. No. I mean, uh, not paid work, no. The client's like, hey, I got this pen. I'm like, hey, I don't know how to do it, but I'll do it. And if I mess up, that's your fault. Yeah, I would say that's normally out of a detailer's realm. Yeah. wouldn't have a clue really how to do touch-ups. So. No, because the thing is, if, we feel, if the people send us pictures, or, and the thing we always say is, if you can put your finger out through it, we can't touch it. And it's just, that's it. Out of sight, out of mind. We're done. But to the client, it's like, man, I, they're not going to take the car to the dealers. Like, they're not going to want to do that. I mean, they will, but, yeah, but if there was a way for a, for a detailer to do it, it would make sense, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this, I mean, absolutely, because any time that that car is not on your lot and ready to be out front ready, you're losing time, you're losing money because it's not out there for a customer to come and see. And not to mention, you're turning around paying another body shop, something that you could be maintaining in-house and, and grasping that gross in your service department. Um, but so now you're using just pin, like... What do you guys like do actually now? factory touch-up pens mm -hmm. or or that little kit which was I believe Sherman Williams paint and different kinds of reducer and so you wipe you wipe it on you're, you're basically using a squeegee and you're kind of dabbing if you have a whole bunch of rock chips over the front end mm -hmm. you're you're painting all that paint onto a squeegee and then swiping it into the hood or the bumper and then waiting it for it to dry than getting a different reducer to basically wipe off the excess. And how long does that normally last as far as the, the, the paint that you're putting on? To be honest, I haven't tested it, but again, when you're not putting proper clear coat over a paint, I mean, it's going to fade. And you, you, as soon as you hit it with a power washer, most likely it's probably going to be gone. It's just aesthetically pleasing at that time while it's on the lot. So a little bit of what some dealerships or what detailers would complain about dealerships is they're just kind of putting a Band-Aid over it and they're not actually fixing the problem, and then once the customer gets the car, they hit it with a power washer, all of a sudden we got the detailer that gets blamed for yep. for paint flaking off and rock chip, you know. And I can see that, but anymore, um, the automotive market is changing. It's so much more difficult to get a used car or a trade-in from a customer. So, I mean, we're, we're doing everything we can to go to Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace to try to purchase cars anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. As a dealership? Yes. Wow. So you're trying to be a lot more smart about it. And if you guys have noticed, we have signs outside in front of the dealerships now where they're showing, hey, we'll buy your car. We'll buy your car. Because there's so many cars anymore that are above market value, and it's harder to try to sell that end user after you recondition a car to the proper specs. That's one thing we do and we pride ourselves on is making sure we recondition a car to a an actual safety maximum. We do not allow a car to leave with anything less than five millimeters on a brake pad or certain tread depth. You know, the days of, oh, the tire kicker or sending it down the street or buying a car on 11th Street just doesn't work. I remember all the used car dealerships on 11th Street. They're still there. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. Oh, too funny. Well, the buy your pay here's. Yeah, yeah it's now it's buy your pay here's. Okay, so explain to us your system and how it differentiates itself versus what they're doing now. Okay. By the way, good choice on the pizza. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you very much. 
phenomenal. Appreciate you. Now I understand the <laughs> hype. I get it. This is true Chicago-style pizza, it? and it's so good. Yep. Um, so there are all sorts of touch-up options available on the market. One is like what he's laid out. It's sort of a DIY, do-it-yourself kind of thing. Um, whether you're using a pen or some touch-up paint you've purchased from a local body shop or whatever, as far as at a customer level. Um, at my level, most of your touch-up guys across the U.S. are using pre-made systems, and there's a few out there. Paint Bull, Premier Paint 2000, I don't know if they're still in business or not. Um, Dr. Color Chip, um, there's another one out of California, all of a sudden I can't remember the name, but there's a few of us out there. Um, and they're all different systems. So when you are using just paint and then a reducer or a chemical remover, the paint is not permanent. So it tends to pit the repair, and as long as, as you said, there's not a, a clear coat or something that's actually binding that paint to the substrate, it is a temporary repair. Mine's a little different. Um, we have a patented chemical mix that we add to our paint that turns it into like car paint super glue. So it's super sticky and it's heat cured. So then we use a polish that's specially formulated to work with our paint and a random orbital polisher to create the heat, to remove the excess, but bind up the product inside the damage. So it is a camouflage repair. That so is way, this a single stage paint? And what I mean by that, does it have the clear coat and the base coat? It together? does. It has the base coat and I have chemicals that mimic clear coat. Oh, cool. Yep. So as you polish it, it gets shiny and looks the same as the clear coat. Okay. Yep. Um, so you can actually layer that up and get a pretty good fill on your chips and scratches. A lot of times with the process that um, you've been talking about, it's really great for deeper things like rock chips down to primer or scratches down to primer metal. But some of those really small superficial like the sandblasting, they're so small it doesn't hold enough paint. With our product we're able to penetrate those better and get a really excellent repair. He's chewing. Marty, you a mouthful, or are you, yeah. you going to say something? His, his mouth is full. Yeah, okay. Do you need me to say anything? With sausage. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs with his that mouth full. That was perfect. Right? <laughs> okay. So when we're talking detailer versus dealership, all right, we'll be on two different, two different wavelengths. Yeah, two different spectrums. Right? Yeah. Two different spectrums. Because when we hear fill, we actually preach against filling, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why we would always tell people to go to a body shop. You know, if they if we couldn't get it out, we would first say that we should sand it, we should buff it, we should remove scratches properly that way. So, why would why would somebody that is not a dealership want to use a product that fills? With compounding and color sanding or wet sanding, however you want to title it, you're actually removing layers of clear coat. Right. Ultimately, you are damaging the manufacturer finish on your automobile. UV protection is going bye-bye. It is, absolutely. 
And with detail after detail, you own the car six years, you have it detailed twice a year. By the time your sixth year comes around, you've got some polka dots on your car because they've sanded or they've compounded and then they've buffed it again and buffed it again and then you've got exposure. Um, and where you've gone through your clear coat and now your original paint is exposed. With using an automotive base paint product like ours and fill the scratch and leave your clear coat intact for your camouflage and your fill, ultimately it's gonna keep your manufacturer finish intact and not void any warranties that are with your automobile. The other thing is, is if you're using any sort of coatings on top of your car, you're gonna use a ceramic coating or you're gonna use one of the clear coat secondary coatings on your automobile to do the SSR process first to fill those without taking off layers of clear and then seal over it gives it a much smoother finish and you're not sealing scratches that you can see under your coatings. And one benefit I can see here, um, I know we do a lot of DigiShield, mm -hmm. you know, the paint protection film. So we get some of these customers in with, with the sandblasting like you're talking about up front. So would this be a good alternative versus sending a car out to be repainted on the front clip? So that way you can fill in with that paint protection film. Absolutely. So we are able to camouflage that and fill it in and touch it up however you want to title it make it look fabulous, put on your paint protecting coatings, and do it for a fraction of the cost of what it's gonna to cost to repaint your car. And again, your manufacturer finish is still intact. So one thing for me that we would run into is trying to train somebody who's a $10 an hour guy to try to do touch up. How easy would that be to go in and train a dealership in something like this? Extremely easy, I do it often. <laughs> so. Here's the great thing about Sprayless Scratch Repair. We have 22 premixed colors that are designed for color groupings, not code specifics. So for instance, let's take dark, let's take red metallics. Red metallics usually will have a white or white pearl or a silver flake included in the formulation. What happens when you spray paint is the heavier material, the metallics settle to the bottom the pigment floats the top, which coats them, makes them pink and orange and red. They can model up, basically. Right. Yep. And so what happens is if you actually take your color code and put that on the car and buff it, then you're exposing those brighter colors, those silvers, those metallics, those pearls, and then your color doesn't match. So my red paint for all red metallic cars, mid-range mid metallics, are formulated for color grouping, which means that I have taken out all silver and white metallic. There is none in my formulation. In my formulation, you'll find the three or four different colors of red pearl, pink pearl, gold pearl, purple pearl, and a blue pearl. Reason being is because the brain is very powerful. It will actually fill in gaps. So when, when you put our product into the scratch repair, the brain is automatically going to pick up the orange tones in my paint to match the orange tones of the surrounding area of red metallic. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So that's why I mean that my colors are formulated for color groupings and not code specific. Okay, so for a, det for a mobile detailer, mm -hmm. so you have, so there's kind of like one size fits all in a sense? Pretty much. 
So we've got a red, blue, pink, green, yellow, orange, white, black. Well, not pink because only okay, Chevy not, and that okay, Spark no and Mary Kay cars. cars. It, but all the standard right. color vehicles we can yeah, success. We absolutely. To, okay, we'll call you. We got to order the product. You're gonna get products. that Mary Kay Cadillac now. I'm right. not getting the Mary yes, Kay you Cadillac. Are. <laughs> Detail. I know Keith on purpose. <laughs> Someone has one call. You just go green. All you do is you mix your SSR silver and some SSR dark red metallic, and you'll have your pink. So it's very forgiving. Um, I kind of got off in a tangent and did not do not remember the original question. How uh, easy I, I, is that to train correct. someone there who we is go. new to the, the business? Thank you. All right. So basically, there is a code of theory for your color. You pick the color. You put it on. You take your buffer, you buff it off. So therefore, I'm not teaching any color formulation. I'm not teaching how to spray. I, there's no talent really required to do this process. It's just a simple process. It's like washing your hair, put it on, rinse, repeat. Um, so that makes it super easy to train. The other thing it does is if you're growing your company from the detailer standpoint, even from the dealer standpoint, and Let's take PDR. PDR is talent. Dealership invests in someone, teaches them how to do PDR, they complete their contract, and then they quit. And they go out and they start their own business. And now you're paying them instead of an hourly wage or a salary, you're now paying them per car and you've now tripled your cost. As an SSR technician, everything's pre-made, so I'm not teaching any talent. They smear it on, they buff it off. So if they quit or decide to go start their own business, we have not given them any tools to go and be your competition. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So as a detailer, your investment is secure because you have bought the product, you've done the training, and then you just showed the guy how to use it. If he quits and goes out and takes any paint, automotive paint, and any polish, it will not work because all he knows how to do is smear and buff. He has no chemistry. He has none of the talent. So they, can they just go buy from you, though? Not if you put them on a do not sell list. This is my employee. Do not sell to them. I have, um, I honor the guys who honor me. So if you're going to support me, I'm going to support you and your business. Cool. Yeah, it's a lot of questions. I mean, in the, in the detailing industry, that's not common. Common. Or the touch-up industry or the bumper so industry. So that's good. Or, no, I, yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. being from Oklahoma, you know the weather changes about every five minutes. How does that yeah. process work? Because I know with a lot of automotive paints, you have, you know, low temperature reducers and then high temperature and faster or slower drying. So how does that system work in high humidity and super hot down to super cold and low humidity? And then rain. And then rain. And then tornadoes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not so much in the tornado. Oh, okay. Oh, just, just wondering. Gotta yeah. say. Of course, they're all going to be inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's a Hail drill. Or yeah, they're going to be drill. blown across half the state, in which case, who cares? No, but SSR we and fixing that. Hail drills, which most dealerships do, I think, in different parts of the country. We do in yes. Texas too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? You, you have to have all car your car inside. undercover within 15 minutes or less. With the cost of insurance anymore, the deductibles are insanely high. So. Are they doing those tents here yeah, at the dealerships? Some of them, some of them do. Okay. The, the ones that that really want to invest into. It cuts their insurance cost. Yeah. So, um, weather. The product works much better in the cold than I do. Just going to say. So we have product all the way up in Canada. Works fine. Um, the only thing you have to do is take a couple extra precautions. You have to preheat your panel before you start doing your work. 
Or you have to do each spot at so least DJ twice. DJ goes down and goes. <gasps> right, and then you can write your name in it. Yeah, yeah totally. My breath breath smells like sausage. Hot, yeah. <laughs> it does right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of go. <laughs> you, you definitely <laughs> um, in the rain, of course, it doesn't work so great in the rain because all the scratches sort of disappear when the car's wet. So unless you can get it inside and dry. Um, heat, the hotter the better. Since it's a heat-activated product, seriously, the hotter the better. Like in Las Vegas, the stuff works phenomenal. So, But yeah, it's super forgiving and all year round. So, Cass, when you're thinking in a dealership world, uh, you guys usually sub out a lot of that type of work, right? If they're really bad, that's something that the sales manager actually takes in effect whenever he's bidding a customer's car. Is this something where I'm going to be able to do in-house, or is this something I'm going to have to sublet out and have a body shop take care of it? So, years ago, before a lot of changes at your dealership, they used to sub everything out except the actual just cleaning of the vehicle. So when a dealership is doing that, right, because they just have a couple guys in the back, clean up some cars, <clears throat> but all that stuff that you mentioned earlier, wheel repair, uh, scratch repair, PDR, all that normally gets subbed out to a company that comes onto the dealership to do that work. Normally, yes. Yeah, normally, yes. right? Um, you guys, uh, through, some, uh, through some years and some processes, it began to grow that back into your dealership do you, I know right now you guys will use some little touch-up pins like you talked about, but how much actual full-on scratches do you guys normally repair? Normally if you do that touch-up repair like what she's speaking of um, across the door and you start grabbing that high metallic and you try to lay it down, you know, I mentioned modeling earlier, all those metallics, if they're not atomized and sprayed properly, they all kind of stick together, so that's what kind of gives you that dark hue going across the panel and it doesn't look right. So it looks like a very unprofessional repair, and that's normally whenever you see a customer walk right up and go, what did you guys do, or that needs to be taken care of before I buy this car. So you can try buffing a lot of those, but normally a lot of those are lacquer touch-up pins, and whenever you put heat to lacquer, it normally smears or comes right off the panel. So this process, uh, we're taking a paint, we're wiping it over the scratch, and then we're taking a special polish to buff down the vehicle. So she mentioned using a DA, well, I think you said random oil, but mm -hmm. you know, specifically we would use a DA uh, because it would be safer than <clears throat> some other choices. So Cass, the question was gonna be, you know, for a normal dealership that subs everything else out, let's let's talk through that. Like, how could how could they bring that in house for a detailer to use? And maybe that detailer gets to make a little bit more flag hour. Maybe gets to do a little bit more. Um, you said you have some dealerships doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, you know, you definitely want to look out for your people that are working for you, but you also want to look at your cost and overall efficiency. So again, if that car can be lot ready in that same afternoon versus waiting on a body shop to come pick it up that afternoon, that makes all the difference in the world. So not only keeping all the money in the dealership versus paying those sublet bills, that that would make a huge, huge difference. And you feel that it's something that 
or normal detailer at a dealership, you know, like you said, with a little proper training, but what type of proper training are they going to need if they're just smearing something on and polishing it off? My training is two days. Even though I know I said it's just smearing on, buffing off, there are some nuances and a little bit of retraining to your thought process. So, for instance, as a detailer, you are taught never put pressure on your buffer because that's how you can burn and cut through paint. The reason you don't put pressure on your buffer is usually because of the compound you're using, which is like sandpaper. So then you can cut through the clear very quickly if you apply pressure to your machine. With SSR, we don't have a cutting agent. The pad is what is offering any sort of cut at all. But you need the pressure to heat up that paint and actually get it to bind in well. So there's some thought retraining that needs to be done with your detailer um, in the process. So day one is simply find the scratch, clean the scratch, smear the scratch, buff the scratch until basically that goes into muscle memory after day one. Day two is everything else. Color theory, touch up, um, building, talking about the nuances of silver or pearl white, which we all love so much. Oh, yes. Pearl white. It's so pretty when it's clean. It's almost like a black car. Um, and so then we, if this is not necessarily dealership but an independent operator, then we go into business practices, billing, insurance, make sure all of your, your business practices are, are covered and whatever we can offer in assistance and help with all of our years of expertise, then we're going to give those tools to each individual. Cool. All right, let's transition over to mobile detailing, DJ, since you talked a little bit a second ago. But she mentioned that would have to retrain some stuff. So when you hear her talk about pushing on paint and burning stuff and, you know, all the, the what she's telling you to do and she's saying you're going to have to rethink, deep down aside, what are you, what, what's your immediate red flags? What do you think of? I mean, definitely sounds like a pain in the ass, obviously, to retrain anybody on anything. Um, but as a business owner, if you see the um, monetary gain and that you can get from this specific type of service, then you just adjust. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. How, why would a detailer want to bring something like, you say they're going to monetarily gain from it. If why you do they right, get well, a yeah. monetary gain So, from for it? instance, so, so you're at a job, you're at a detail, and the detail's 250 bucks for easy math, whatever. And the client's like, yeah, everything's great. You're walking around the car, you're, you know, you're filling out your forms, and you're you know, pointing out damages, and everyone's talking, and yeah, I got this big scratch right here. First thing you do as a detailer, you put your finger out through it. Sorry, I can't do it. But if I can say I can minimize this 85, 90%. Well, yeah, I guess what percentage should we look for? Um, if you can get your fingernail on it, I promise 80%. Cool. 80% you're not seeing a lot. 80% you're not, I, if, not if seeing a white scratch I look anymore. like a hero right. if I do exactly as I say. 80% is great. Yeah. So if I can get the scratch by 80% and charge the client, I haven't done my... Well, so should we should we define, if we're talking detailer, should we define out? Because I think she's saying it's, it's almost in this little sense of a cosmetic, you said it, camouflage, mm -hmm. right? So are we talking we're removing the scratch? No, no, you're, you're, you're educating your client on what it is you're doing. And, you're, and the things that you said, Charlotte, are, are awesome. Like you don't want to... It might be safer than, you know, standing down the vehicle and compounding and polishing on the vehicle. You're just literally cut or filling in, covering up, and everything's great. <laughs> the client doesn't probably give a shit about 
they just want the scratch gone. It's an mm -hmm. eyesore. So if you if you can charge yep. twenty bucks, forty, whatever it is per scratch. Please don't charge twenty bucks. Yeah, no. I, yeah. I, like I said, I don't know my numbers yet on on this specific service. Like, so I haven't used it. I, I don't know yet. But if you can upsell, obviously it's going to take a like. If you can make a make it a profitable number and upsell. Fifty bucks. It, how about that? Whatever. I start at sixty-five. Nice. Okay, That's so amazing. Yeah. All right. So we're close. That's amazing. But, so now your detail goes bucks. to three hundred and ten. Three hundred and something. Uh, when you were at two fifty, so sixty-five. Yeah, so three fifteen. If you do the entire car plus your detail, you should be at four hundred. Yeah, but I mean, easy though. Oh no, he was just meaning one scratch. Oh okay. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to do math over here, but um, no, seriously, I but mean yeah. that's that's an easy upsell. Like it's it's one of the most common ones that we always say no to, and now mm -hmm. you can say yes to it. It's incredible. I the, can't. The, like, the difficult part that people are going to have to come to grips with is. It's literally a mind shift. I mean, this it this, is a mind this goes shift. against yeah, it goes exactly. it goes against yeah. everything that detailers have been preaching, been taught, been doing from day one. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just it's literally would look like it's ass backwards, but if you have a business mind, like it makes it it makes sense. And and let's talk about why yours is different for a detailer because we're gonna say you can't. You can't ever cover up. You have to remove and fix. So, what makes your product special versus all the other? Like Cass has already mentioned, you can go get uh, little pins and fill in stuff. You can go to the dealership and you know tell the customer to go pick up a, a touch-up pin straight from the dealership. You can, you know, go to AutoZone and buy a bunch of random shit and wipe it on. You could buy a Sham Wow off of uh, <laughs> you know, Amazon. Yeah, well, Amazon or TV. I mean, there's always, we are nothing but flooded with all these products that are going to do exactly what you're saying. But they don't. But they don't actually ever last or work. And we've already talked about the other ones can get blown off with a power washer. Or if you do it this way, this is going to happen. Why would a detailer want to buy something like that if it's just not going to work? So, everyone is always looking for, uh, not everyone, but the fix. Some people are looking for a quick fix. Some people are looking for the permanent fix. But everyone's looking for a fix to the issue. Because if you can fix the scratch for your customer, and you can get the money for it, you're going to take the extra 20 minutes to do so. I'm on site, and like I can get the scratch off for 65 bucks. They're going to say, yeah. like Exactly. Absolutely. So, if you take a subpar product or practice to fix the scratch, then your reputation becomes tarnished with your customers. Like, yeah, he charged me $65, but here I am three months later and the scratch is coming back. I can see it. Then why are they going to call you back to come do the job? So what we want is we want permanency because here's the thing, as a mobile technician, your demo and your ability is going to get you through the door. Your relationship and your reputation keep you in the door. So as a mobile detailer, I want retention in my clients. So if I fix a scratch and it comes off in a year to what, six months to a year, they're going to think back, I had DJ Eco Green fix my scratch and it's gone. So you're preaching permanency, right? Yes, absolutely. SSR fixes 80% of the damage 80% of the time. Reason being is because there's a couple of weird things that will cause it to not adhere. Mm -hmm. What would those be? 
if the scratch has been aggressively compounded before and there are no edges for me to pack paint into is one. Um, if a panel has been blended and there's clear coat over the scratch, that's another reason I can't fix your scratch. Um, if the car has been ceramic coated over a scratch, I can't fix your scratch. Um, so that's why we say 80% of the time. So you want a, just a good raw paint? Absolutely. All right, and then as a detailer then, how long should we expect uh, this process to take? If you are in your detail process and you're looking to add it into your process, really ultimately it should not affect your time because this will replace your compounding step. Um, if you are doing a three-stage cut and compound, you will actually remove two stages. It'll save you time. However, if you are not doing an aggressive compound and you are doing a full scratch repair on the automobile, it could add 20 minutes to your process but it is not going to be a significant time alteration for your business. Okay, so I think this is good to know too. So how long after your move, you fill, or you use your process can you coat a vehicle? 72 hours. Wax a vehicle? Usually within the same day. Seal for wax. Vehicle? Uh, 72 hours. Because a lot of your coatings have a high solvent content yeah. to them. So you want that paint fully cured before you apply a coating to it. How long can the vehicle get wet after you do it? Technically, it can get wet. Uh, we advise our direct customers not to go through a car wash because of detergents. Um, but if it's raining, not a problem. However, with the dealership setting that I've been dealing with for almost 30 years, I don't get to dictate if they run it through the car wash or wax it or detail it after I do the repair because you've got a customer sitting inside waiting on the car. They bring the car over, there's a scratch. You fix the scratch and then they run it through the detail department so it's all finished out for the customer. 95% of the time, I don't have an issue. I don't have anything that comes back, but every now and then, Somebody used something that affected the paint before it cured, and I have to readdress it before it actually goes into the customer's hands. Oh, so if they wash it afterwards, it's okay. Right. So is this with just water? Is this compatible with all kinds of paints? Acrylic enamels, lacquer, urethane. Yes. Awesome. All right. We'll get into. Um, Something that we saw earlier where we think it could be a really good thing for detailers before we do. Did you point at me again? I didn't. If you notice, I kind of pointed up there. You're right learning. Above. You're yeah. learning. Thanks, man. Just enough to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> my is actually going up. DJ does not like to be pointed at. Do you want to point at him? No. Because no, when we're recording at the office, he's uh -uh. like right here. And it's when, he's, when he, talk, he talks with his finger, but it's always like right in my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, made it. <laughs> I'm more of the grandiose gestures, the big, you know. I don't know what I do. Big apparently hands. Apparently not much. Right, apparently not much. I hold, yeah. I can't point at you. I do, I do. Uh, so sensitive. I got to point with my I do 12 ounce like, curls. Um, <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about that uh, Kona Big Wave that you're chugging down. His second one, by the way. Mm -hmm. Why are you guys counting my beer over here? I'm just, I'm not counting your beer. I just noticed your second one was, of course. Hey, remember DJ doesn't go to classes right i Hold didn't on. say it was classes alcoholics, alcoholics? Are for classes oh you're right i don't go to class so i'm not an alcoholic <laughs> hi my name is dj and i'm enjoying this beer 
<laughs> what do you like about it? It's cold and refreshing. Nice. All right, before we get into our last subject, though, you want to go ahead and rate that beer? I'll give it a solid two and a half. Oh, really? Solid. Solid two and a half? Solid two and a half. So that means you stuff you don't like about it. Not a lot of flavor? Yeah, it's literally just like tastes like a just a flat, not a flat, but just just straight just beer. Yeah, just it's very mild. There's yeah, nothing. There's mild. nothing distinctive about it. Nothing yeah. that stands out. Like nope. You could put this. But if they had had sours, I would have had one been too. different. Yep. Yeah, you would have had one with you. I like sours. Uh, I would have joined Cass on the whiskey. You yes. You would have had to have it, so you wouldn't have been a team player. <laughs> yeah. So you would have branched out. So I should have got a course. Yeah. What you're saying is I should have got a course. No, that's that's not what I said. Yeah, that's what you said. Uh. I no, he that, said if it had been sour, he would have bailed. Right. I didn't not bail. to a Coors, so I would never tell you to go to a Coors. <laughs> Absolutely not. Never do that to yourself. I'll take a Coors Light, please. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. And there it is. And mic drop. <laughs> no, mic <Mike>, finish. Yeah. <laughs> that mic's moving over to you, Cass. He is cut off. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, so... Here's, you know, cool, you got scratches and you got that removal. One of the things that we wanted to test earlier, and really grateful you came out to let Ray um, go over the process with her and let her test and prove it uh, on her car. So we, we did the scratch removal, um, scratch, see, that's where we're going to have to, it's so a we retrain. Will, we will have to, we, we, will have we to. can't say removal, though. But right? Scratch repair. Scratch repair. I always say scratch repair, so it is SSR, sprayless scratch repair. Yeah. Okay, so we can repair that's, your scratch for you. Well, so but you're specifically saying that sprayless instead of going into a body shop. Correct. Right. That's why you're saying it. And again, you know, we were using the little uh, prevail sprayers. Yeah, the little airbrushers, which again you're atomizing. And as a mobile technician. Anytime you atomize paint, you're taking in heavy metals into your lung system because, let's be real honest here, as a mobile technician, I personally never used guns, or sorry, gloves, glasses, or respirators. I sprayed outside, I let the wind do the rest. It's so not a healthy environment. Um, and just because of that and in the nature of Thank it, I didn't course. think I spraying... It options were very good for the technician just so happened that osha look at the ice on his glass i see the rockies osha and the epa of course are cracking down on anyone who sprays outside why because of the vocs and the heavy metals and it is a health hazard I think there's even ice inside the glass. That's because it's a Coors Light. Okay. They brought it out super cold. You want one now? Just there it is. No, I don't. Because it's got so no, much water in it see your glass? that it actually yeah, no, I, gets I'm colder. Glass looks warm. I think see, I drink my is. water at ambient yeah. temperature also. So. You guys are hating on the Coors. <laughs> I'm a, go ahead. I'm gonna enjoy this beer. Okay, so what we saw earlier was we did the, we did the removal. We did the repair of a scratch but the other thing was we said hey you know a big thing in our industry is removing car wash scratches right we bitch and moan all the time and detailers non-stop 
post about telling their customers don't go through car washes because they think car washes are their competition. That's for a completely different episode. But they, they talk about it a lot. And the other one is spider webs or swirls, right? Those two terms get blended quite a bit. Holographic cutting of the clear cut. That's a first. That's a, that's a good That was really scientific. That was very yeah. scientific. Yes. See, just Did not a pretty Bill face. Nye? One more time. Say holographic. holographic cutting of the clear coat. Interesting. So, you know, those are those are some big deals. And so what we wanted to do was take a section of Ray's car. We took the kind of the side. Uh, There's a pillar. It's called a The pillar. B pillar. Yeah, the B pillar. Technical term. C pillar, actually, because the B pillar would be the ones between the windows. And you got the C. But she had a coupe, so, you know. Like a C minus pillar. Right, there you go. C minus. C and three quarters. C, yeah. C and three quarters. C. C. And um, we took and we (laughs) (laughs) re-applied the product. We did a tape line on that one. Nope, Uh, that was on the quarter panel. You attempted a tape line. Yeah. You had some problems. I did. Technical difficulties. (laughs) It was so, I kept joking with Ray the whole time, like, you seen Marty work this hard ever before? She's like, no. <laughs> uh, but we did that C pillar. Minus. To go over if somebody just wants to quickly repair uh, spider web or swirl marks. Yeah, I was impressed with that. Right? Because when we were thinking immediately just scratches, but if we want to go, which you said, outside the box. Yep. How can we use the product to... Always question the narrative. Yeah, how can we How can we then maximize and use it even further? So, if DJ, if you're going to remove webs and some car wash scratches, you, you're going to spend a good, what, couple hours trying to do it with polish, but you're most likely going to need a two-step and go with that... One, you know, at least a two-step. You could maybe find a good one-step, but that's. I like last night the job I had. I mean, two-step. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, if you're gonna remove car wash scratches and a majority of spider webbing, you're gonna two-step it. There's unicorn times where you can get you can one-step it, but you still kind of question like, uh, I probably need to polish. This. And what? How long would that normally take? Five hours, six? One person, five, six hours. Yeah. Two people, three hours. Yeah. And so what we were able to do is just wipe some onto uh, the paint. Now you recommended using a uh, shop paper towel. Shop so this paper is towel. literally very backwards from any like this is if you like yeah. So this is where it gets even weirder. It, it, so it does. we're saying remove. We're saying repair webbing and swirl marks. That then we preach that you would never ever put. Anything <laughs> other than a microfiber towel onto the paint, and we are now rubbing this mysterious paint into clear coat with a shop paper towel. The soft blue shop paper towel. Oh, yes, soft blue ones. Soft, soft blue ones. Yeah. Not the was it the dawn like the, the brown brown with the those brand? brown stiff hard yeah. paper towels. Yeah, not those. Ooh. Not those. But what are, you're saying, brawny? You know, like the, the one, like the soft ones. Uh, like one from your kitchen? Like well, Scott's no, paper I get the towel. Cheap ones like any of the paper towels you, towels you would get <laughs> from a bathroom. I apologize. I just went I shop, Marty, we would have high quality. My wife buys the cheapest freaking toilet paper. Hey, I use Viva. Paper towels. Viva. Viva. For the you know, paper the, towels. The yep. best way to shop, DJ, you can help solve that problem. 
is there's an app on your phone. Oh, is there? Yeah, there yeah. is. What do I do with that app? You you go to Amazon and you get their paper Dude, towel. They've got Amazon fans rolling around Tulsa now. Well, yeah. Crazy. And subscribe. And their Amazon paper towels are unbelievable. Have you seen the vans, Marty? Uh, I have. Yeah. yeah. What color are they? Are you cleaning them yet? So. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I got to get that contract solid real quick before we air this one. Thanks a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Call me out. Why don't you? Uh, I asked if you were colorblind or not. I didn't <laughs> give up an account on you. But go ahead. Proceed. <laughs> but so we were able to wipe that on. Yeah. Ray was able to wipe it on and then polish it off. Now, she went a little heavy, we think, which is why it took her a little no, bit longer. she did good. On that bottom one, but on that top good. one, yeah. And, I mean, we... She did good on both. The only thing that took her a little bit of time is simply because she didn't have enough pressure on the buffer, which would have been addressed during a normal training session. It's not what we teach. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, you were leaning in like you, you were. You could hear me actually almost stall the machine. If you could listen, it would like ebb and flow, where her volume, her sound stayed the same. Yeah. And that was what five minutes ten minutes or so just on that one section mm -hmm. so if you're going to tell somebody they could wipe this product on do they do it by panel do they go through a whole door or a whole half of the car so most of my technicians i teach them to treat the car as an entire single unit not panel by panel really so you would clean all the scratches the, the entire well, surface. We, this part, we're trying to remove webbing, so we're right. going to clean the we're whole, whole clean, car. Right now, yeah. Yep, yeah. we're going to strip off all the wax, dirt, and grease. Then we're going to smear all of the paint. Right, we're going ass backwards right now. Rip it completely. Um, then you're going to smear the paint on everything you see around the entire vehicle, and then you're going to go back to your beginning point and start buffing it off. And when we say buffing, we're going to use a dual action. Yep, with, with the SSR polish. Type of pad though, we got to use a it is a rupees coarse wool pad, and the pile on it is like a quarter of an inch. But any wool pad would work though, right? No, so some of the wool pads are going to cut more aggressively and leave a haze or a cut pattern on the finish. So, this designed specifically for that pad, it is designed specifically well, to work with that, that, that pad. pad. Yes, yes, thank you. And you tested other pads or no? I mean, we have, and I continue to test other pads because I'm always looking for of course. any adjustment yeah, that yeah. makes my job easier, quicker, better than everybody else. Okay. So it could be possible, but it's under their own... Mm, it's mm, ill-advised, Marty. Ill-advised, right? Under their own liability Correct. to use another Anything pad. you do outside of my authorized, suggested system, you own your own results. That is not... Results all. may vary. Correct. <laughs> so, so that's why I have one machine I specifically recommend. I have one pad I specifically recommend. And anything that I allow a variance on, I'll let you know. We would probably say the machine could vary. I think the and I have a machine as a in mind detailer. That would, I know would be based on what I saw. I know what machine would be really oh, good. Absolutely, freaking lootly, dude. Yeah. What it, so Which one is that Chris one? Chris gave you. Chris from Flex gave you a, a tool at Mobile yes, Tech Vegas. Yes, he did. What did he give you? Do you know? 
No. Okay. <laughs> it's in a box. It's in a box. Um, it is not the cordless. I do know that. Okay. I did for about five minutes use one of the cordless flex machines at the show because Chris came over and said, hey, try it with mine. And I'm like, right. okay. Um, just in the initial assessment, of course, I was on a horizontal panel, not a vertical one. The forearm strength required to maintain okay. was a little more okay. extreme. Right. Yeah. But mm -hmm. from what I saw. So that's the, that's the 3401, so it's a forced rotation, uh -huh. which is why it took so much. You know, right. But we're a little bit more gifted Remember, I'm with fluffy. our forearms. Who's we? <laughs> I am totally leaving that right where you left it. <laughs> I'm going to leave with Marty, too. I'm clueless, Cass. What are you talking about, dude? No comment. I'll let Marty, DJ go. No comment. No comment. I'm not going. But you were thinking 3401? Yeah, because, I mean, you turned on, and it's, it's done. I think it would buzz the proc out faster with less fatigue than using, am I? Oh, yeah. I got to go, guys. See you, dude. Thank you. Nice Thanks to meet you. Nice Have a good evening. Um, I think the 3401 would probably remove it quicker in my opinion with less fatigue because you're not having to work as hard i don't know just theory <laughs> and i have not tested your theory but it's a possibility all right so i think overall it's just it's debatable like machine yeah maybe you can tested, maybe you can't yeah i yeah. haven't tested the two against each other to really tell you which but one is more preferable or does have to get the specific exact machine Based on your results, you would prefer? I would prefer that they would stick with the machines I've tested. Right. However, with what limited testing I have done with Flex, knowing that my European market is split, they use a lot of the Flex products there. They have good results. I will trust the results from my technicians and allow my technician to use their own discretion on whether they prefer Rupes or Flex. Sorry, Rupes. And, I mean, so let's let's just go ahead and open it up because now we're only at two machines and there's a whole world of other machines that have come into the market that compete heavily against the big dogs with their high price points. So you got stuff like MacShine, you've got uh, you got Chemical Guys that has their uh, Torque, Tor um, you've got. Oh, the DeGrios. DeGrios boss, but then, but then you've got people like us who have been private labeled stuff. And yeah. I mean, there's, there's now hundreds of polishers on the market when there used to only be two Flex and Rupes. So, it, I know you mentioned, you know, you especially want certain pads. You can only use that polish. Is I mean, is is the tool like or the tool is, that a is part bit of, of it? There is a little bit of discretion. For the user however the tool is significant so if you're using a subpar tool where you're applying pressure on a machine that's not designed to receive pressure and then you start bogging down the brushes or the the gears and mechanisms of the machine then it's going to Which not is every you... single dual action polisher on the market Right, except for the 3401, which is forced rotation. And but the, the Rupes. Rupes. No, 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 no. I've that had Rupes great. that you have, we can push on it, and it will bog itself Okay, oh, so I will say, yes, if you put enough pressure on it and you stop the head, that is actually a defense mechanism of the machine so that it doesn't burn out the gears. So that way it can suck in more air really fast, is my understanding. So if you just give it a little kick, 
it goes right back into place. But the machine is not designed for that kind of pressure. So it's a safety feature. But here's the key thing for me. We're not just in the U.S. We're in 27 countries. So I need to be able to endorse products that are available in 27 countries because you've got different electrical outlets. Um, the machines are geared different for the occurrence. So it has to be a product that is standard, has standardized, measurable results worldwide. Understandable. Yep. So if that's the case, I mean, and let's just, and I, I get it that I might be pushing a, a little hard on a certain area, but we've got detailers across the country that are using massively different tools mm -hmm. and yeah, because right now I'm a detailer, so I'm already thinking all the rebuttals and the questions the guys are thinking right now as, we, as, right. as we're talking. So, is it is it a matter of you need a DA with a certain pressure? It doesn't matter who the what the DA it is. It's just you have a certain pressure. You're moving this product off the paint, right? Right. So it doesn't matter what DA you're using. It's a machine. It, you, go ahead. Do all DAs do the same thing? I mean, there's some DAs that. So let's just talk about Rupes in particular. I use the uh, Bigfoot. Um, Three. I use a 15 or a 21, but I use the Bigfoot um, Mark Threes now. And that's good because, right? right? However, yeah. there is a Bigfoot. It's not a Mark anything. It's the actual plate says ES on it. Looks the exact same. However, that machine does not have enough torque as the Bigfoot Mark Three does. Mm -hmm. So when I've taken those two machines and looked at them and said, oh, yeah, this will work, until I actually put it in practicality, no, that doesn't work. So the one that has the ES on the plate versus the Mark III will not do the job. And then would that be one that early Bigfoot, like the one? I don't even recall which one that is. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know. Think so, which is why, I mean, one of my been a little bit of it. my inside reason for asking, I mean, why Rupert? Because that's because been a Because they have the issue. torque. Well, no, so far. no, no, no. I was going to say just from our experience, once you said now that you do the Mark III, it makes a lot more sense. Okay. Because the one and the two back, yeah. would never, I yeah. mean, you, but they've, <laughs> so they've far had so dramatically yes. have had to change and upgrade their units for yes. a circumstance like that. Because that Mark one, like the very first one, Bigfoot one or whatever, oh, hell no. I almost threw that machine. I I'm just so thinking of watching the process. I've, I've seen it, you know, firsthand, like you need heat. Mm -hmm. And you need to remove product mm -hmm. with less fatigue as possible. And I'm thinking 3401 because it's going to create heat for sure and enough power for sure to remove the product. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's just why, yeah. yeah. But if they wanted to use a true free spinning, I'm just going to say I think there's plenty of other polishers on the market. What about a rotary? Is that Have you ever even... So, our original design, we used the DeWalt. That would sound like it would be... We yeah, but you're going to still give swirls. swirls. Are you there? Yeah. We had two machines yep. in our kit. We're still swirl. We had the DeWalt yeah. to do the scratch repair, and then we had the um, uh, the drum buffer. All of a sudden, I have forgotten the name. The Pro Buff Pro. Do you know oh, what I'm that talking big, about? Huge thing? Yeah, the really? Buff Pro yeah, that was the marine design with the drum because it, instead of making a circular, circular pattern, it went, makes a top yep, over bottom, uh -huh. creates a drag. Yeah. There is no swirl with the drag. Right. So, so I had two machines in my kits, and now I'm down to one. So if you're just touching the product, though, you're, you're, not, you're still going to instill swirls into the paint if you're just removing the excess? With the 
Uh, yes, absolutely. Rotary, because yeah, wool pad. Yeah. You still have to use a wool pad. Yeah. You have to use a natural fiber. Hmm. Cannot use a synthetic or a foam. Cool. Okay. So, a little bit on the DA. We're going to push you hard on that. You know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but has to use your polish. Yes, you have to use the polish and you have to use the paint. And they have to use the paint. And the pad. Those three items make it work. Okay. You deviate on any of that, your results may vary. And what, speaking of those results, what should they expect to tell their customer that if they have repaired these scratches and or, you know, the webbing, how long should that last for the customer? As long as all the steps were done correctly, it will be permanent. There is a four-year guarantee that we offer our customers. I don't necessarily carry my guarantee to my technicians because I don't know if they did their prep work correctly. You offer your as I a business. I offer my customers offer as a business. Yeah, correct. Yep, gotcha. um, after four years, there is a color fade. So, so what, as a technician, I can warranty whatever the hell I want to warranty. Yep. That. Yep. Um, and how many people are going to keep the car four years? So there is a color fade usually that happens at the four-year mark versus the newer paint stays richer than the older paint. And so you may notice some discrepancies in the color hmm. fade after about the four-year mark. That's easy. I mean, I'm going to coat over it after the 72-hour period anyway. So Right. Fair enough. And how long should it take a detailer if they've got webbing? Because we just said that to we're buff talking, and polish we're it We're talking off. full car on a four-door sedan. All right, so I'm going to discount the learning curve for already having knowledge. When I train someone with SSR, and we are talking about webbing and doing an entire car, they should be able to get through that process in an hour. And I say within six months, they should be through that process within an hour. Because there is a, a thing that happens from training to six months. Even as a detailer with experience, you're still going to think as you're doing the job with SSR. You're going to think about, did I get enough paint on here? Did I use the right color? Do I need to buff on that a little more? Is my pressure right? Autopilot has not kicked in yet. At the six-month mark, autopilot completely takes over. You've already done the car before you even think about what color do I need to pick up to touch up the door edge. You have thought about your kid's school. You thought about maybe the argument you've had with your spouse. You're thinking about the, the clients you have coming in. You're thinking about all the other things instead of actually what you're doing. Does that make sense? So when you go on autopilot, all of a sudden it becomes very quick. Can we say two hours? I mean, an hour seems really... I'm still sitting here trying to ask the question yeah. on about the... like An hour to go around a whole car? With the SSR yeah. for spider webbing? Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe an hour and a half if okay. you're going to answer the phone and be slow. Okay. Okay. Does that make you feel better? Yes. Okay. DJ will take a beer break, so we'll give it two hours. Okay. Fair but enough. Even at what time is it, though? He's not an alcoholic. I'm not going to classes, guys. <laughs> what time is it, though? You know? It depends. I might have a beer. Is it, is it at 10 a.m.? <laughs> I don't think it does matter. Before 10.30, it's a mimosa. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um... So let's just say two hours, right? We're still from four to six hours, but let's call it five. And we're getting 80% correction? At least, yeah. We don't have to, I mean, At the minimum. And then, so rough cost, so it's just rough, right? Not. This is what I liked. Right? So 
we're reducing their amount of time. It's going to be quote unquote, not really since they're not your technician, but roughly guaranteed around four years. Mm -hmm. You're going to say four years, so the detailer should guarantee it for four years, right? So roughly the, it's going to last four years. They can get it done in a couple hours. So it's going to be a pretty hefty price for them to get all this product and it's going to cost them probably a couple hundred bucks to do this on a car, right? Wrong. What? What? Right. I mean, that's a lot. That's a whole bunch of stuff to do. And it's Are we counting stuff. labor costs? Let's no, not, let's, let's not, let's okay. not I mean, talk labor costs at all. This is just product costs. This stuff cost. is pretty unbelievable. So it's going to cost a lot Wrong. per car. Well, you make it cost a lot because you said $3, and I'm telling you it's $2.50. Damn, dude. She, yeah. You guys dig up. I mean, you're we like. did because you, I always like to fluff. Like you said, you do fluff I'm fluffing at two dollars and fifty cents, and she can't say per unit three bucks to do a whole car. A whole car, whole car, and about two dollars and fifty cents or three. Right, because for, for detailers us, might rub it on a little heavy. We're going to. It'll okay. be three or four. You know what detailers <laughs> matter, do? You know what detailers do? Hey, whoa, listen. You may have changed <laughs> over the years. <laughs> I'm just telling you, when you she's turn had, on, on beer, the like buffer and, right now, so. and the polish, you spit polish everywhere listen i'm not i'm saying ida that. certified <laughs> okay there is no way in hell i'm splattering wasting product with my cheap okay. ass all over the place good that's nice to know and then the other thing that cracks me up is the detailer that needs to massage the car listen. so they put the polish listen. on the head and then they rub I'm the not, car wait, like I'm not massaging any head okay like i just it's just not and i'm thing. like do you expect her to reply and go oh baby that's the spot i don't get it <laughs> and you know you know, there's some Our detailer listening to this cracking up because he puts the polish in he's his hand right now. and massages yeah, the car. Right, now. right, cracks me up. So that may, you know, that may run up your cost. He might want to. You want a course? No, I'm kidding. Thank you, though. Do you have? I will take a spit cup though. I've got some cores I can put in and spit back out. That's it's a waste, man. It's almost like wine tasting. Why would you do that? You just drink the wine. You don't spit it back out. That's what they do, though. It's just course like. I, I got it. <laughs> All right, so you rated the beer two and a half. I don't think we did. I think we kept rolling. You did. You didn't like my answer. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go three. Cool. I'm going to go three. I didn't think it was five. I was just questioning your answer. That's all. I didn't say I didn't like it. So what's the max rating? Five. Okay. So in case anyone is questioning the beer choice of this evening, that would be my fault oh, because I don't like, like no, they didn't bitter, hoppy beers at, or robust flavor palette profiles, I guess. So the fact that I'm really a wine and whiskey girl, um, I'm going to go with a three on the beer. I really, the reason why DJ only gave it a two five, you want to know the real reason? Yeah, I you do. Why is there a reason? Well, he's in too much of comfortable clothes. He's used to drinking Kona Big Wave wearing tights. Uh, oh, wow. Tights? Yeah. What? When do I wear tights besides I'm riding a bike? <laughs> Tells you how long it's been since he's ridden a bike with me. It's been a while. It has been a while. We used to go stop down by Riverwalk and yep. drink beers in between Shh, our ride don't tell anyone that man <laughs> no, we called it refueling <laughs> she, she doesn't listen <laughs> we so we're fine we were stopping refuel 
Like, I'm going on a bike ride to be athletic, but really we went a we few miles and go stop Margaritaville stop and yeah, we drink for whatever and yeah. ride back. <laughs> Well, he was in his tights. So that's why. Was, was that before awful. you had Fitbits to like tell you how far you really went? Yeah, I have an Apple Watch. No. It was okay. like a couple. Okay. Okay. Ago. okay. We didn't ride this year. We haven't. We haven't rode this year at all. We haven't ridden at all. Wow. wow. I know, really. Have you guys been down to the new park? Oh, yeah. Gathering place? place? Yeah. Yep. Haven't done that yet. Oh, yep. you should. It's really great. Wow. You should she, go at night, too. She said she's been in a, in a hole since she's been back in Tulsa. Yeah, so I've been hibernating the past three days. Um, so the gathering place is there where the walking bridge used to go across mm -hmm. the river. Yep. Okay. For those of you who are not Okies or Tulsa people, there is this train trellis that goes across the Arkansas River. Listen, and the bottom be, half. To not be proud of being in Oklahoma, and you're really pushing it. But. The bottom half was a walking path. But of course, last time I lived here, the only time you went down there was about two o'clock in the morning. To do what? Oh yeah. Whatever you wanted. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> Did you go the back way or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she went it was entertaining. Gotcha. You can't. The back way would have been up from the water. You just can't do that. They used to have river races here. That was before you two were probably born. Just saying. Yeah, river because races? we're the same age. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna go with not really, but I will say I'm senior citizen here. Um, but yeah, they used to have river races. The dam didn't exist. And so when I was a little girl, we would go down to see the river races that would start at Keystone and they wow. would float down the river in like handmade boats and stuff. Nice. Interesting. So. Yeah. Well, cool. well, tell people where they, oh, well, no, we Marty, I think you just need to ask a question tab first. Out questions. Because we actually should tab out. We, we do need to tab out. Because if we don't, I'll have another course and that'll be beer number what for me. So. So the tab out question is normally reserved for the guest. We did not prime you with this, but no. I think she can do well. You, yeah, on the fly. I think, I think she'll it. do well on the fly. You've got any question you can ask, we'll answer it, and then we post it out for the guys to answer also, or gals, or gals. Because I think we should start seeing a lot more because there's a yeah. lot of female detailers. There are a lot of a female lot. detailers and continuing to grow. Yeah. So we met some new ones this been weekend. It was a lot of fun. Building my Instagram by following people. And I am actually surprised at the amount of female presence there is in this industry because for so long I felt like I was a lone wolf. Right. Um, and now when I walk onto a lot and the interior girl and dent girl and I'm like, I am so proud because I'll be honest, I've been working in Texas and there has been a machismo attitude for ever and so it's so nice to see females actually penetrating the industry so and not putting up with the shit all right so the tab out question you get to okay. ask any question i get to ask any question mm -hmm. could I've, be about detailing. off the wall could be about could be detailing anything favorite any like whatever you want to ask oh my gosh there's so much pressure like all thoughts just escaped out of my brain with all the pressure grab one of them do I? <laughs> <laughs> I said you should grab one of them. Okay, so I'll prime this question. And I, this is just a question for you guys. With, we met at Mobile Tech. You saw a quick demo 
which by the way, when you saw your demo, I may have already had my third gin and tonic. Nice, nicely done. So, I may not have been fully like on point, um, but we did get to play with the product a bit today. As detailers, knowing a little bit about the touch-up industry, let's not even go into the, the dealership format. What did you think of the product and how it could change or benefit or not benefit your business? I'll go first, that's fine. Um, so we've already discussed, so I've got, a, I've got a team of people that I have to train, so it's not just me. So I already know though there's gonna be a, a learning curve and an educational curve in the process of training someone. But as a business owner, I can see it being very profitable add-on service for sure. In a mobile setting, the amount of time I say, no, I can't get a scratch out, or the amount of time someone points a scratch out to me or my technicians, if I can have the tools to do that and it costs me a few bucks a car, two bucks, three bucks a car, and anyone can do it, I might invest the time to train someone to do that. So I think it's very, very, um, um, I'm intrigued for sure how to make it work. I would say it's the, which I talked about sort of at the end, which is why we wanted to do that demo with the, uh, the spider web removal because there's so many detailers, on, uh, you know, solopreneur guys that take so much, and even just one or two little shop, like one man shop, they take so much pride in the work that they do that it's so hard for them to bring in a team member because they have a hard time with training them, right? We've already talked about the, the struggles with training. And so if you could take a product and smear it on and take a dual action polisher and polish it off and it removes 80% of all imperfections in the paint, like we've, we literally can change a massive amount, like the amount of time that they're gonna save off of that. And then if you can protect it later, now the, the 72 hour part is where you run into some problems. When it comes to the actual, when if I have a gonna, car in the shop and I yeah. want to upsell a coating, like if I don't have it for more than 24 hours, yeah. My, my brain's going more towards the mobile setting in the field, like that's where I think I'll be able to make the most money on this. Yeah. So if they, if they do that, they apply the product to the car, polish it off, what type is is that is there any protection on there with the paint that we put on like or so do we definitely have to put a protectant on we do it? not have to put a protectant on it so what we've done is we have actually taken a paint product the chemicals i've added to the paint mimic and duplicate a clear coat type finish what happens with the heat is we are actually bonding that paint to the substrate under and around it. So it's actually adhering to the, to the clear and mimicking with the heat. So that repair becomes initially the exact same as what it's surrounded by. And so what's its protection against acid rain? All the same, as your, all the same as your regular paint and clear coat. So it takes so damage. UV protected. Much, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it's not much. It takes well, UV, UV maybe, protection. But it takes protection from acid rain. It, it, well, but whatever the coats can get damage from. So this takes damage from that too. 
So we do need to put some type of protectant on. He's saying it's not a protectant. We're not going to apply this. That's where I was getting to. Yes. Yeah. So it's just going to have the same as what your base paint clear is going to have. So still treat it just like any other. If you have sprinklers that go off with hard chemicals in it, and you can't say, "Oh, I corrected my whole car in SSR." Like I still need to protect it. Okay. Yep. So that would be that would be where it would have to stay in the shop for three days. If you were protecting the vehicle, if you're just yeah. removing a scratch and just doing express detail, who gives a crap? If you're in a mobile setting and you're doing a, even a deluxe, like our deluxe service, which includes the protection, you just explain to the client, like, I can do this now, but the specific section or sections are not going to be protected properly. So you, that's all training. That's all back-end training. Yeah, it's all training. But, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think we definitely thought when we met you originally and then wanted you know so thankful for you to take the time to come hang out with us um in your hometown yeah and it was wow could we find something that would be that kind of a game changer really in a sense if you think if you yeah because we preach on bringing in different revenue streams all the time and not doing the same thing over and over and over but having something to bring in that Especially, I, I think you're probably on the better ride trail. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. I with know the scratch we're, removal. Yeah. Um, to be able to, mobile detailers offer scratch removal to customers. Prepare. I know because thank the, you, the amount you. of questions yeah. I get, and we're just like, nah, put your finger on through it, call it a day. Mm-hmm. Nah. And I just brush it off like, oh, less work for me. Call this guy. Yeah. And, or even the one, let's just not even say the ones that are. Uh, you know, fingernail. You know, there's still some of those that are deep scratches that Correct. typically we have to go sand, right? So it has to go back to that but the head sanding, detailer. Now I'm in the field and I've got wind and a lawnmower right. and this and that over here, and I've got to sand this car. Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, and I'm not gonna train guys on and have sanding discs and where do they store them in the trucks? Like, I, it's, no. And then if those same mobile guys could then go to a dealership and do it. Boost up your revenue, or even branch your business in having a specific mobile touch-up technician to dealer services only. Yeah, that's awesome. Because ultimately, as an entrepreneur, the idea is to work smarter, not harder. So if you can delegate and enlarge your business with other people to do the jobs for you and you take a part of that job, then of course it's not money created by your own hands. Cool. Where do people find you? SSRnow.com, MagicTouchInc.com, um, and here I'll just go ahead and give you my phone number, 214-222-3466, and ask for Charlotte White. One more cool. time on the phone. Now right. you got the digits. 214-222-3466. Boom. Cool. Mr. Patterson? Mr. Hill? Uh, where do people find you? Um, depends on the day. <laughs> no. You guys can find me uh, on Instagram at DJ Patterson. Business is at EcoGreenMD. TikTok, been dabbling in that as well. You can find me anywhere at the business or personal. DJ Patterson, EcoGreenMD. And uh, the podcast, Marshall, where can they find us at on the podcast? Actually, where can they find us at on November 5th? That's a better question. Mm. Probably drink a beer. Where at? Vegas. I mean, we drink beer Vegas. probably every day, though, right? Vegas. But Vegas. <laughs> why this date <laughs> over others? Vegas. That's right. 
Where can they find you at <laughs> to find out where you're going to be at on November 5th? <laughs> Pints and Polishing Podcast. At? In the beginning or the end of that? At one? Instagram. Oh. Cool. Is that what you're saying? I don't yep. know. I'm very confused right I know. now. Do you? He you did mean ask <laughs> the fifth, though. Fifth? The fifth? Yeah. yeah. I asked where, where they Instagram. can find you on social right now oh. to follow you to find out where you're going to be at. Okay, then. good. I'm not the only one that was confused by that question. I was totally confused. Yeah. Totally all my lost. detour guys, they, they all caught it. They did? Yeah. Okay, They're good. drinking coffee, energy right now. They're, they're wired up. They're they are? on point. They okay. Can uh, Gordon Beer Brewery. Okay. Nailed it. Nicely done. <laughs> and where should they go? To register, to hang out with us on November fifth at Gordon Beer's Brewery. Uh, probably freebeersemen.com. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right, uh, but yes, we will be um, Gordon Beer's Brewery. Mr. Patterson will be there. Will you be there? I will be there also. What's your IG handle, Marshall? Oh, mine is uh, Marty L Hill. What's your other one? Total Auto Solutions. And your other one? All right. Swingers Anonymous? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about here? But, yeah, you can find me on any of those. Or if you want my digits, my digits are 918-800-1188. Hold on. Did you just drop your phone number on the podcast? That's if you want to text me. So ah. no calls, just text. So you can't got any questions, got any concerns, or just want to say, hey, here's the beer I'm drinking tonight, you can text that number. One more time. 918 Nicely done. Yeah, thanks. Cool. Cool. All right. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, beers were great. Pizza was unbelievable. Phenomenal. Frank still has a magic touch. So. If I could insert music on every time I think of a song, I wish I could. Which magic song? touch, 50 Cent. I got the magic touch. <laughs> you know that song? Oh, yeah. I do. I do. We'll play it One afterwards. day. Yeah. <laughs> One day we'll get to that point. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. See ya. Hey, everyone. Sheldon K. here with Mobile Tech Expo. Can't wait to meet you all this coming January 30, 31st, and February 1st in Orlando. We're at the Rose and Shingle Creek. Everything is back under one roof because that's what you all wanted. Can't wait to meet you there. We have so many education sessions. I am so pumped. I hope you all are as well. There is so much detailing education going on. I can't even fit it all on this two-minute podcast. But we're going to be talking an entire whole line by Mike Phillips, the legend Mike Phillips. And then also IDA is going to have their own session. So no matter what you're interested in, if it's actual detailing product knowledge or business or marketing or digital, we have everything for you there. So again, that's January 30th, 31st, February 1st, Orlando, Rosen, Shingle Creek. We'll see you there at mobiletechexpo.com. Sign up. Can't wait to meet you. Ooh.